I, th I thought it was a, a genius idea to invite a slightly different special guest tonight. Yeah, absolutely. We haven't got anyone really from the veterinary field tonight. No, no. We've got somebody who's instrumental in putting this whole show together. Do you mean Fat Larry? Because he uh, he wrote Zoom, didn't he? Does he? Yeah, Fat Larry Band. Oh, right. Okay. Mm. No, no, it's, it's not him, though, is it? Not him. No, 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 I didn't mean Fat Larry. I, I mean a, uh, a young oh, lady. He's instrumental in putting this, the veterinary ramblings, yes, together. Yes, the veterinary ramblings. yes, of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not Bill Gates, not Fat not Larry, Larry. No. none of those. No, a young lady um, who's living in, in Leeds in Yorkshire and uh, who graduated fairly, well, I think probably a year or two years ago um, in, I think, media, not media studies, um, in movie production. Movie production. Wow. Yeah, absolutely, which is why we get these super zooms and cuts and all those sorts of things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So... Yep. everybody to enjoy. So should we, should we, oh, she's in the waiting room. Should we get Alicia Jordan to join us? Let's get Alicia Jordan, our producer, to join us. Okay, let's admit. Admit nothing, Mike. Give nothing away. Oh, no, I won't. I'm not, I won't admit ah. anything. <laughs> Alicia. Alicia. Oh. We are not worthy. Alicia. Oh. Alicia, I've I've just introduced you. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> as as a yeah. producer, and and I had that one of those typical Brampton momentary slips, and I, I couldn't remember what your degree was in. <laughs> it wasn't filmmaking. But what you said, you said movie production. That's I said movie production. Filmmaking, That's yeah. just the American version of. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, you, will you forgive me? Yes, no problem. Hi. I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. You're actually looking very glam tonight, Alicia. Oh, thank you. Well, normally we, we have our meetings in the early morning when I'm in full pyjama mode. So, is that um... why you never use video? <laughs> so I thought today I'd, you know, brush my hair. Bless you. You're just saying that to hurt us, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this nice hair. <laughs> rub it in, rub it in, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to put my hat back on. I'm going to, I'm going to use my plant to pretend yeah. I've got hair. Yeah. We've, we've got hair. We can pretend. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All good. Yeah, so. the, uh, the menu for you guys tonight, I've got myself a little bottle Ooh, of bread. Oh, Campo Viejo. Very nice. Oh, a, re, a Rioja. Yeah. Available in all good supermarkets. Oh. Other bottles of red grog are available. <laughs> I must Bigger say, bottles. you guys might find this a little bit upsetting, but I'm actually not that keen on gin. I know. I know. Okay, that's, that shocked us a bit, actually. Sorry, I don't, don't, don't really know what to say about that. Um, gosh, we had some guests on who said they'd rather have water that night, but no one's actually come out and said they don't like gin. I mean, it'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Our producer not liking gin. <laughs> no, no, never, That's never. the joke of the series, that one. <laughs> Get one in early. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Excellent. Well, I must say, it is really strange being on this side of, uh, of veterinary ramblings. <laughs> is it? I'm quite comfortable sort of in the background editing away. Um, I was surprisingly nervous, actually. I was, I was surprised to be nervous. Um, but, yeah. That's you don't come like across tall nerves. Like gin. Absolutely, you need gin. <laughs> gin gives you confidence. Drink in moderation. <laughs> Other confidence-building drugs are available that are not legal. <laughs> we won't talk about them. We won't talk about them, no. I was just about to say, Alicia, yeah? even, even though you, you, you say you're nervous, you're not at all nervous. You've clearly done a lot of public speaking. I have oh, done so. a little bit here and there. Um, Is that your degree? Well, um, obviously, I did my degree in filmmaking, so that was more, you know, behind the scenes, behind the camera. Um, whilst I was there, I did also do a bit of acting in sort of some student films, and I got involved with um, like a theatre company doing sort of debating pieces at like schools and things like that. In fact, you, know, you yourself do a little bit of, of theatre and uh, radio sort of shows as well, don't you? 
Yeah, yeah, I did a couple of radio shows during lockdown. Uh, but I, I've been acting since about the age five. My, my mother wanted all of us to become actors, so we did uh, drama classes. Got my Lambda Gold when I was 13, 14, I think. Um, and loved it and really disappointed my mum when I said I wanted to be a vet. Oh, no. If you're going to be a vet, at least be a pretend one like James Herriot. <laughs> what I don't understand here is how come you guys were okay with whenever I used to act up I used to get a slap around the backside <laughs> you're more convincing than Mike yeah absolutely I must so, say in preparation for the show I tried to giggle you both hoping that um, having listened to hours and hours of Mike googling people and finding out all sorts of things <laughs> true or, or otherwise it's actually really, really difficult. What are you, what are you saying, Alicia? It's, it's quite a skill. Like, I don't know how you managed to find all of that information. Because um, I tried my best and I couldn't find a thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Honestly, yeah. It's, it's tough. Good. good. <laughs> I'm pleased. <laughs> I was really looking forward to, like, digging through the archives and finding something hilarious but I just it defeated me what did you find? I found um, a picture of you Mike where you look quite unhappy next to one of your magic machines um, but then when I sort of looked into about what it was about it was about stuff to do with like heart problems so I was like oh, okay I can see why it might look a little bit unhappy <laughs> about that so I can't really poke fun there and then Julian, absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, this is this is headphones on from uh, one of the sort of theatre societies, I think. But that was about but, it. But Alicia, this is a man who's climbed Mont Blanc. Wow! Oh. I've I've left no cyber trail. <laughs> Some call me Monsieur Invisible. <laughs> so, so you didn't find out about my knitting skills. No. Oh, that's a shame because I thought I thought you had a shared interest there. <laughs> I tried to learn to knit in lockdown, and it's really difficult. Um, I haven't actually made any real things yet, like a scarf. But um, as I've been practicing away, living <laughs> my best old lady life, um, I've made what's lovingly been sort of called Willy socks. <laughs> which I can show you. Uh, <laughs> if, you like, if you like, I can share my screen and I will show you my lockdown creation. Yeah, we'd love to see your lockdown willy, willy sock. <laughs> I've not been the best lockdown person, but I'm trying yeah. to learn a new skill, and mm-hmm. this is the result. Uh, Alicia's desperately here trying to... <laughs> <laughs> this is practicing my knitting and then giving up after a short amount of time and the uh, the only creation I've been able to make so far. So for, for, for those for those listeners uh, yeah. without video, there were two sort of roughly asymmetrical leaf-shaped bits of tangled wool and, and, and they were jolly nice too. I like the colours. One's a sort of grey and the other's sort of grey to make a scarf one day but this is where i'm at at the moment <laughs> yeah that's good, nice. that's good. yeah what yeah. one one day that, that's that's absolutely fine and, and if you ever got into trouble with the police and ended up in jail then you know, <laughs> probably your life sentence you'd probably at that rate complete a scarf maybe <laughs> except of course you wouldn't be allowed knitting needles no or wool you can arm knit. I've been looking into arm knitting as something to be able to make something a little bit quicker. Because um, you can make like a big blanket in about 40 minutes if you know what you're doing, but the yarn's quite expensive. Arm knitting? Yeah, so you just pretend your arms are knitting needles and just do the same process. Fine until someone knocks at the door. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like a knit monster. Like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to disturb you, madam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when we do a, a season two review, I might have made a scarf by then. We'll yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Crack on with it. That. We can do that. So what, what actually goes into the production of this show that people listen to and watch? It's a surprise.
surprising. I think when you're watching it, you're probably not aware of how much footage there is before you sort of get to the point where it's an hour. Um, Trying to think of the best way to describe it, really. I just sort of. Well, I guess I guess Mike and I sit down, don't we, about uh, eight eight o'clock of a of a Monday evening, and then sometime Thursday morning, we we turn record off and then say to listen, right, it's all yours. Yeah, sort of that. Yeah, it's an interesting process. I have to sort of go through. We have our little signals for when I can cut. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just go through, listen to it all, pick out the best bits, take out any sort of things that don't quite land or go to plan um, and work around some of the technical issues we've had in previous episodes. Well, that's most of it then. <laughs> so that's why Mike ends up saying more stuff than me because most of mine is either just completely inappropriate or or, or just somehow wrong. <laughs> no, it's got nothing to do with that. It's to do with the, the, the tonal qualities of my voice and my delivery and, of course, the, the key to great comedy, which is... Um, timing. Yes, timing. I try to be, be as fair as I can with the edits so that everyone gets their, their time. Mostly, obviously, the, the guest. Um, they always have such interesting stories and you want to make sure you're giving credit to them and, uh, you know, given, given their time to the show. Although one thing I did notice when I was looking through for some bloopers today, Mike, is um, one part of the process you guys might not be aware of is um, generally when the clips start, the show hasn't started yet. And I'm just trying to find an example here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, only, not only are we getting glitchy... Doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> it's it's something that honestly makes me laugh every single time I get sent rushes. Let me just share my screen with you. When I can find Zoom. There we go. I'm, I'm gonna stick her back in the waiting room if she keeps playing. <laughs> <laughs> so generally some of the videos will start out like so. <laughs> and Mike, you never look too excited. <laughs> And then you'll sort of disappear off for a little bit and then the show starts. But it always does make me laugh because you're always there sort of, shall I get ready? <laughs> and it can be quite funny at times. I, I think Mike looks as if he's about to say, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> yeah, or... Or no, Your Honour, it wasn't me. I wasn't there. It didn't happen. <laughs> I know that you're sort of getting ready and getting in the mental zone to, to host, but, um, yeah, it does always make me laugh when the first frame is, is you just sat there like, you should start waving at me. And you're like, Hello. <laughs> For all those people, the other five people that watch the show, um, that, oh, that can't see this. Hello, <laughs> hello everyone. Hello. hello, all waving at the camera like <laughs> some funny moments throughout season one. Um, I think you've come a really long way in terms of, you know, um, generally sort of. I've forgotten how to talk <laughs> in terms of like your interview technique and obviously setting up the cameras. Um, but there was one episode in season one where I think we did have some visual issues um I think it was the episode where Julian your light was slowly melting throughout oh no it was the light wasn't it it was the um, yeah because I've repaired my uh, my light using um <laughs> using glue. glue from a glue gun and as the light heated up the glue melted I was just watching it, sort of, because I tend to watch them at speed, and I could just see it slowly sinking <laughs> again. And in the same episode, I don't know what was going on in the kitchen there, Mike, but you kept on going, sort of, Iron Brew, you'd been tangoed, you'd go really, really orange at points, and then really, really pale, and then really, really orange again. Brilliant. Secret signal here, secret signal, Mike calling a time out here. Please don't mm. tell our listener this. <laughs> they don't need to know this. <laughs> no, I think they do. They need to know all the dirty secrets, do they? 
No, I, 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 I disagree. I was signed up for this evening thinking that, you know, we'd, we'd tell the truth of how you, Julian, and I just rock up and just improvise and, and the perfect show is recorded within an hour and yeah. it's an hour yeah. that goes out. Uh. <laughs> Very little ends up on the editing floor because it's all, it's all used. Yeah. The whole hour. <laughs> God. Dear, oh dear. So, so what else has struck you editing all of this stuff then? Hmm. I'd say, um, looking overseas, and honestly, it's been a lot of fun just sort of seeing how much fun you guys are having and how happy it's making both you and the guests to sort of get together, especially during a time, the times that we're living in at the moment. I think things like that are really important. And I hope that it's encouraged more people to sort of do things that are a bit out of the comfort zone, even if that is just something as simple as using technology that you're, you're not familiar with to be able to get in touch with people that you, you know, want to connect with. Um, and it's been really nice, these sort of unexpected stories that I don't, don't think any of us expected to get from an episode. For example, um, way back when to episode three with Bill, I don't, if I remember correctly, seeing his photographs wasn't something we planned or sort no. of heard No, we had no idea. Yeah, it was so lovely just to see something like that and, you know, be able to share it from our side and hopefully make other people, you know, happy just from looking at these beautiful photographs. And so, yeah, it's it's the unexpected stories that I really, really appreciate. And as someone who isn't in the veteran profession, um, I feel like I have learned little bits here and there from the CPD, although some of the words do fly over my head. Uh, Cat and dog. (laughs) And dogs being... Or smoked tapir meat. Seemingly. No, no, no. Alleg- allegedly the tastiest meat ever. I wouldn't hear it. Those poor little baby tapirs. But yeah, that, I think that's one thing in the editing that has been a bit of a, a challenge is obviously not knowing the lingo. Sometimes mm. when it comes to the CPD, I'm like, I, I don't know whether to put this or not because I don't actually know what they're talking about. So I'm going to presume. <laughs> based off the guest's reaction, that it's all going well and, and keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the sloppy words, I have no idea. <laughs> but do, you, do you find it a challenge then, Alyssa? Because we, I have to say, from, from our perspective, looking in and listening to some of the finished results, I, I, I would say that you were involved in, in biology, physiology, medicine veterinary medicine because the the, the cuts that you mm. do and, and let's face it you we record probably about four hours of these shows and you produce that into a one hour show and although we said those words we didn't necessarily say them in that order um, <laughs> <laughs> in the middle i think it's all about um so obviously i've got experience with editing and i listen to everything that's there on super speed <laughs> and right. then and as a result of that because you guys do such a good job of always sort of closing the closing the gap closing the circle even if you sort of start something at the very beginning and then pick it up right towards the end it, I, I can sort of figure out where those two bits are and, and just stick them together because I, I know sort of where they are within the footage so um, it's like an auditory jigsaw with no picture isn't it can be yeah that's probably a good way to describe it it's just sort of having all the pieces chopping them all up into different sections and then just trying to give it that sort of beginning middle end sort of story arc hmm. so you listen to you listen to the show at high speed i do yes do we sound like munchkins tend to go very high pitched well <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll give you a call sort of when i'm in the edit and I have to sort of mentally brace myself for the fact that you're at normal speed. <laughs> Actually, could you not just slow us down just a little bit so we've got deeper, baser, more muscular? It sounds really scary when you slow people down. You sound like like scary demon people. <laughs> very, very scary demon people. <laughs> So you're not far off being a yam yam. No, not far off at all. 
Yeah, oh, there's yam yam lyrics. Yeah. A yam yam inf- informal, a person from the black country in the West Midlands. That's right. There's a quote here, it's bad enough when yam yams visit King's Heath. <laughs> Rather random, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. Except- That's a general thing. Well, no, unless, yeah, so, unless you're from there. Hold on, here we go. <laughs> here we go, hold on. That's it. Yam yam. Yam yam. Yam yam. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, there's, someone, there's someone with received pronunciation Ooh. saying yam yam. Yam yam. So uh, yam yam is someone from the uh, black country. I think we'll see that country really, yes. What an interesting term yam yam is. My goodness, what a colourful country we come from where there are lots of dialectical uh, changes and misogynistic problems with uh, these things. So a yam yam is not a fruit, it's a person. Uh, any, anyone else? Anyone on, on, uh, uh, on Call My Bluff? Yam yam, wonderful, wonderful yam yam. A yam yam was was a, a sort of horn that you blow to tell everyone that it's breakfast time. Yeah, but you don't you don't want them in King's Heath. We don't want them in King's Heath. No, you don't. You don't. never have a yam yam in King's Heath. No, because they'll they'll because <laughs> they'll catch you for it. They will. Oh, they will. Yeah, yeah, yam yam in King's Heath. Off you go. Yeah, Stink, sunshine. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, we don't want them that far south. We don't. We don't. It is quite the accent. I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, to be honest. <laughs> oh, blimey. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't get me speaking, Brummie. Because I don't <laughs> like it. Just because I grew up in the area. It's not really very nice. It's not really a very intelligent accent, is it? I didn't understand that at all. Can you understand what you're saying? I was talking to a guy on yeah? the bus the other day. You know, and he was saying, what? What's the matter with you, Julian? I'm not getting it. What are you saying? I can't, I can't understand a word of it. I'm not going to translate it for you. You feel at home now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this year feels at home. Ah, that's all right then. We'll carry on talking like this, shall we? That's, so you, you can get away with saying it's not a very uh, intelligent sounding accent because you, you come from Yam Yam country. Not, no, well, not. Strictly, I come from Birmingham, yeah, but not 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 the black country, no, no, no. But I heard something recently that apparently um, the the closest accent to sort of original Shakespearean accent was is Birmingham. So if you want to sort of get some of the jokes in some of his, if yeah, you know, I've, I've, like that, you're better off saying it in a in a Brummy accent than um, to be you not to be. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Like, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. It's for this thing that is outrageous fortunes. Or to take arms and go to see about battle, I don't know. Yeah, once more under the bridge, dear friends, once more. We'll fill up the gap with our English dead. Yeah, out, it's... out, damn spot. And if you do that, it again. I'm getting rid of you. <laughs> it, it's interesting because I, I think it's more in, in some of the comedies. In uh, yeah, I, I've come across that and. In actual fact, if you do read it in a Brummie accent, then some of that oldie English does almost become come natural to the ear. Whereas, so it always sort of takes the mickey out of a Brummie accent, but actually, like, it's got a lot of history behind it. Yeah. And, and Shakespeare and Shakespearean history at that, absolutely. Yeah. And it does sound better than Bess in poor old Johnny Gilgood with his straight... So, to Lester, must I run now, oh, Absolutely. But my mother's only whistled when I go. It's all very clipped and painful, isn't it? Mm, I feel like it would be more, Shakespeare would be more accessible if it was all done in a Brummie accent. <laughs> like, well, to some, if you can sort of understand it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was colloquial uh, humour and, and colloquial like English, wasn't it? It wasn't, wasn't the highbrow uh, audiences. No, not so at all. In, in the 1500s, they wouldn't have someone standing up saying, Through the forest have I gone, but Athenian found I none, on whose eyes I might approve this flower's force in stirring love. Right, now say it in Brummian a little bit quicker. Through the forest have I gone, but Athenian found I none, on whose eyes I might approve this flower's force in stirring love, at night and silent. Yeah. Who is he? 
Weeds of Athens she doth wear, and this is even master said, despise the Athenian maid. And here the maiden, sleeping sound in this dank and dirty ground here, pretty soul, she durst not lie near this, this lack, love, this cute courtesy, churl, upon thy eyes I throw all the power this child I throw. When thou wakes, let love forbid sleep, here's a seat on thy eyelids. So wait when I'm gone, for I must now to Oberon. Much better. Yes. <laughs> Julian, that was absolutely amazing. I was made up on the spur of the moment, was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was Miss Online Stream Act 2, scene 3, I think. Um, anyway, Puck's, um, uh, Puck's famous scene. So uh, to test your memory, do you have a favourite drink of season one? Yes. Oh, no, don't do that to me. What, what is your favourite drink of season My favourite drink from season one is, is the Negroni. I do like a nice Negroni. I described it as a soft drink. <laughs> Indeed, a soft drink it is, because it makes you go all soft. I, I know, I know, I know. Yeah. I've got a favourite drink from, from series one. Gin and tonic. <laughs> How did I know? <laughs> <laughs> I think my favourite drinking section, drink-making section, is... Um, when you sort of just threw the twizzle stick at everyone, Mike. <laughs> I, I just dropped the twizzle stick. <laughs> that, that, that's a, it's an ancestral twizzle stick, isn't it? it you, is, you got yeah. that from your father. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, that's that's your favourite. That was your favourite drink from Series One, was it, Alicia? Just that was my favourite little drinking section because you can't plan things like that, but they are amusing. <laughs> I think it's it's quite difficult because obviously it's up, up till now a, a lot of our guests have been known to us, um, but we've known them in in various different pigeonholes, hmm. um, and and so it, it's it's a fascinating thing to to talk to them in a different environment, which this is, and to to break, we're all out of our comfort zone and we're all breaking into this new digital communication thing. But there is an empathy and, and there is a communication mm. that goes on, which is why and how this, this whole thing started, um, which we'll touch on in a moment. But um, it, it's interesting to break, break us all out of that. And mm. then you find other aspects about this person Um. I've known Phil Lamette as long as, as Julian has. Julian started working for Phil Lamette, um, as an example. And Phil has always complimented me on my photography. And then he produces some of the most amazing black and white old film photographs that I've seen for a very, very long time. And that, that just suddenly... The person that you've known professionally for so long has almost become a mate, and yes. you 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 share all mm. all of that stuff. Um, and I, I'm looking forward to because I, I understand that we're we're actually going to make what well, we said at the time we're going to make some of Phil's photographs available, and yeah. I understand that that's actually happening. Um, so so that's it. But but that's how this started, wasn't it, Julian? It, it, this whole thing started. Um, because for whatever reason, can you remember why? Um, I think we were drinking, weren't we? We had a Zoom meeting. But why? Why did we have a Zoom meeting? And I can't remember. From what I remember, I think you guys had a bit of a chat on Zoom, just a general catch-up. And then, again, from what I remember, I think you guys just started talking generally about you know, the state of the industry, Corona and stuff like that, and then sort of CPD. And I think it originally started out as sort of, oh, maybe we should do some online CPD. And then um, I got my hands on the rushes and was like, let's make a podcast. Crap CPD, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm calling another time out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling a time out because, because actually I don't think it was your fault, Julian, and... I'm not sure it was my fault either. I think it. I think it was Alicia's fault. 
Oh, yes, it was. It was, but it was actually yes, because we were just going to bumble along and do a couple of um, couple of uh, recorded Zoom shows about capnography, weren't we? I think that's where it started, wasn't it? Because well, we, the, one the or two. couple of episodes we incorporated some of the the stuff that I've been putting together for for some of my anaesthesia lectures and CPD stuff. Hmm. So, what's your excuse, Alicia? <laughs> Well, from my perspective, um, when I first sort of was listening to the first sort of episode or first couple of clips, having looked into sort of podcasts, specifically veteran podcasts, they can tend to be quite quite clinical and quite dry. And That's why we drink gin. Oh, exactly. talking of dry, yes. I'll yes love, dry, good yeah. point. Thanks for reminding me. Yes, there we go. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that, Alicia. Hang on a second. So, so uh, Alicia was saying that, um, that our drinks were dry. Yes. And so were some podcasts. Yes. So with sort of other veterinary podcasts or some podcasts in general, they can be kind of a bit flat, a bit dry, and you can sort of listen to them. And unfortunately, you can sort of tell that people doing it aren't necessarily, you know, having the most fun they could have. And with you guys, you know, you could tell throughout the episode, you can always tell how much fun you're having, talking to each other and the guests having a bit of a laugh and also you know the cpd you're doing is is relevant it is interesting you know i if i can understand it and and get something from it i'm sure other people can too so mm-hmm. i think that sort of idea of you know taking something that could potentially be very clinical putting it on its head a bit and having some fun with it it's, it's why why not you know if it makes some people laugh and have a bit of a giggle when they watch it that's that's what it's all about and you you asked you asked a little while ago how, how long Julian and I had been working together, yeah. uh, and you sort of I think you've just you've just hit on on some of that, and and we've seen it with some of our guests who also present and, and lecture, um, who who bring who try and bring the subject to life and mm-hmm. make it simple, um, and that's that's very important certainly to me. And I think it's, it's an ethos that Julian follows. Is absolutely, absolutely. Dry knowledge is is fine if you're that sort of person who takes mm. in. There's a time and place, where, you know, if you're doing sort of like a lecture where it's more appropriate to be a bit more clinical. Even, than even then, mm. the, even then, I think that you can bring, um, you can give your audience something of yourself. And something of your passion. And one of the things that I, I like to do, I, I love getting feedback where people say to me that they thought it was complicated, but I've made it very simple and they understand the subject. So, so Alicia, let, let, let me ask you this. This, this, is, this is veterinary ramblings, okay, um, which... Julian and I refer to as our show. Yeah. What I want to know is how have you managed to turn this around that you, our guests, are interviewing us? <laughs> uh, don't know. Training. <laughs> okay. And Without us even knowing. <laughs> why am I doing it? Um, I don't, don't know. <laughs> Well, we want, we want to hear, I want, I want to particularly hear, um, Julian, as you've heard through some of the rushes and through every, every interview we've done, climbed Mont Blanc, climbed Mont Blanc more than once, yeah. helicoptered off Mont Blanc, because I remember yeah. <laughs> So uh, what I'd like you to, to tell us this year is um, your experiences on the climbing wall, because I understand you've started climbing. Yes, tell me about this. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Yesterday, I went rock climbing for the first time since I was very, very little. Mm-hmm. And when I was little, I was really good at it. So I was a bit smaller and a bit mm-hmm. slimmer. And I just flew up the wall next day, just running around, doing my normal thing. And today, after going rock climbing for the first time in probably like 10, 15 years, I am tired. I am so, so tired. I was trying to cut some bread earlier, and I didn't know how many muscles were involved in cutting bread. It completely <laughs> opened my eyes to the basic everyday tasks and the muscles involved in that. 
when I first got back from rock climbing, I had to like open the door and my arms just like, it just doesn't want to do anything. Um, I've been absolutely used to the day, but I really enjoyed it. And it's a really good motivator because there's certain like climbs, certain tracks, and I'm like, next week, next week I'm going to get you. Mm. But, um, were you were you bouldering or were you on a, a, a fixed line top roping what, what were you doing um it's just like a climbing center uh, with loads of crash mats and things like that um i stuck to the the beginner baby baby tracks <laughs> um with uh, hope to get better um but i did struggle a bit because i'm i'm a bit smaller than some of my friends that came with us so they're just you know these tall men that can just stretch and climb up and I literally can't reach some of the, the holes. So I'm there, like, I, I, I can't reach it. Like, I'm just stuck here, just looking up, like, oh, shit. Trying not to fall. <laughs> well, yeah, Ju- I, I, Julian isn't the tallest person in the room. Julian, how do you cope with reaching? How do you do it? Um, well, the, the, there, are, there are some climbs, or well, very few, but some climbs that, that, that are really designed for for, for people six foot and above and, and all you can do there is cry do dino, j- jump for it um it's jump it's for it jump for it yeah jump jump for for it. yeah you, so you're yes. hanging you're hanging on a cliff yeah and yeah. you jump for the next handhold yeah okay well, you know, I, I don't i don't i don't say that i don't free climb <laughs> I don't know how anyone does that. that I, I, I can do, I can do this without a mask. <laughs> and for those watching, I'm I'm doing the universal circle around the uh, the cranium area, that side of my head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? Me, me, meaning you to turn around in the air? No, yeah, yeah. But most, most climbs uh, are as suitable for for five foot people as they are for six foot five, and. Um, so how do it's you reach that next hold? Body positioning. You, you get your body into a different position. You get higher on the on the foothold, and uh, you, you perhaps get sideways. So if you if you step sideways, you're instantly putting yourself higher because you can get more weight pushing down on the triceps than you can uh, sort of triceps and, and, and trapezius rather than just pushing down on the triceps. So you can you can move yourself up just by turning around. Uh, side onto the wall you um you develop ways that match your height and your body physique and that's the brilliant thing about climbing uh, and you'll probably find that there are some climbs that you'll be able to do better than these these tall l- lanky guys because <laughs> you know they, they have to compress yeah to get to a certain certain position there were certain points last night as well where um People would be like, oh, just like push off on this leg and just like grab it. But like, because I don't have very good upper body strength at the moment, I'm I literally like, if I miss it just once, then the energy is completely zapped out of me. I'm I'm not going to go for a second time. I'm just going to climb down and have a break because I just can't hold very much weight on my arms and I'm it just in my hands at the moment when I'm sort of transitioning my weight. So it's it's a really good motivator because it makes I want to get a lot stronger so I can do better at good. it. Good. Um, this sounds very positive. It sounds like you're going to go back. Oh yeah, I'm going to go back. I'm not going to let it beat me. But uh, I have been useless today. I've I've had lots of naps, lots of coffee, and I've tried to sit as still as possible Brilliant. to avoid further injury. <laughs> well, are, you, are you using climbing shoes or, or, or trainers? Yeah, climbing shoes. Yeah. And are they, are they nice and snug? Very snug. A little too yeah. snug, but I've heard that's what you what you need. I, I, I tend to go quite quite snug. But uh, when, you, when you start off climbing, you, you tend to just rely on arm strength. Mm-hmm. And you forget about these, these little lumps of, of, of meat trading on behind you. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I'm, I'm not a great one to say this because my, my friends at the climbing centre, when I was uh, an instructor, used to call me, Jules footwork hoed with reference to the fact I didn't use my feet too much uh, but obviously when you climb the stairs you use your legs when you climb anything your legs should provide most of the impetus uh, they can they can hang around on a, on a ledge for hours while you're thinking what do I do with my arms shaking them out <laughs> rather than thinking 
uh, so if you're holding, hold with a straight arm rather than hold with a curved arm. And you learn those little hints. Yeah. Okay. The, so, so <clears throat> are, are you suggesting that I should maybe have a go at this thing? Definitely. Yes. I'm going to get you along to Bowls Rocks or somewhere. Right. Okay. So, so let's just recap here some of the some of the words that have gone into my mind and will have gone into mm-hmm. our listeners' mind. Uh, fear. Yeah. Falling. Yeah. Pain. Shredded. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. It keeps selling this this thing, this climbing and, thing. And fun. Very much fun. fun. It, it's a challenge. Have you heard of masochism? <laughs> Before I went, I, it's been so long since I've been climbing that I was like, I'm probably not even going to be able to go anywhere. Like, my upper body, I've been in lockdown. I haven't been doing anything but playing video games. Like, my body is not a temple, so it was not prepared. So I was just like, am I even going to be able to, to do anything? But you can do a lot more than you think. And it really mm. is like quite a mental challenge as well. So say you're sort of, stuck there like where am I going to go what am I going to do and then you sort of start to get a bit competitive with yourself where if you can't quite do one of them you're like right I'm having you like <laughs> yeah I'm not going to be beat I'm going to do this one yeah. yeah even if that will be next week probably. my favourite climb is John Craven's Willy Warmer and the crux move is an ammonite you know you put your hand on this it's 165 million year old ammonite to, to move on but but I was doing this climb called uh, Fandango left hand and I'd done the crux move I'd done the difficult part all he needed to do was put my hands on the top push up and I was on the on the top of the crag and I was out of energy and so there was like good good holds hand on the top no no come on work 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 no, come on, damn you, work, work. <laughs> it's that point, isn't it, where you've tried a few? I mean, obviously, that's probably much more difficult than the, the climbs I was doing yesterday, but because of that, you've tried to do like a certain jump or a reach a few times, and your body's just like, no, mate, it's time to. Time to get off the wall, like, I'm done. <laughs> and you just, like, come to a point where you just can't really move much other than down. <laughs> You're absolutely right. For, fact, listeners, you- for listeners, please, please, please tune in on Facebook or watch the video version of this. If only just for that one point where Julian's describing trying to get over the top of the climb. Because his <laughs> facial expressions are Fabulous. <laughs> so, listeners, try and watch this on video rather than just listening. Although we appreciate you listening anyway. Yeah. Other facial expressions are available. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder because I think I've seen about four that I've never seen before just there. That was brilliant. Where to go? Sorry, Alicia, I interrupted. No. You, you mentioned um, you said I was climbing more difficult things, but. Um, <clears throat> Climbing is a bit like cycling. Uh, and I remember one of the rules when we had Andy on a few weeks back, and you were talking about the rules there. Um, climbing never gets easier. You just uh, do more difficult stuff. Oh. <laughs> no, joking. And, and there, wouldn't, there wouldn't be any point. You, you just stick yeah. to four or eight climbs. I can do this really easily. I'll do another four or five of these very, very easy climbs. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'll do that. Uh, don't want to use them to climb there, but there we go. Um, you don't you, you continue to push yourself yeah as a pal of mine said to me one day in a race there's always somebody faster than you mm-hmm. who has who that said that that was Sean Yates the yellow jersey holder we <laughs> 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 were sitting at the back of the peloton having a, having a conversation he, he calls me the doctor <laughs> the doctor, well, the yeah, the doctor. Well, he, he was he was watching. I was involved. I was doing a, a five day race um, in Sussex, and uh, the last day it was absolutely hammering with rain, mm-hmm. and uh, I was riding support for our team leader. So my role was was to do what he said or what he asked, and uh, I'd been used up in the first twenty miles, mm-hmm. so. I'd clung on in the peloton for as long as I possibly could and uh, had, had 
blown out the back, as, as the expression is. So the peloton had all ridden off and mm-hmm. I just could not keep up. You know, I'd used all of my available energy for my role for my team leader in the first 20 miles. And standing on the corner there was Sean Yates. And this Sean is, is a fabulous character and a real uh, real advocate for cycling and, and supports grassroots cycling, etc. Still does. He coaches. And um, he was sitting on the corner there. And I hadn't seen him for a little while. And I thought, actually, I've had enough of this. You know, this is, this is in, in 10 miles time, the peloton are going to come past here again. <laughs> so so I, 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 I sort of stopped and mm-hmm. pulled up and went, hey, up, Sean. He went, bloody hell, it's the doctor. How are you? <laughs> so so we, we sort of, he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to wait for him to come round again. He's <laughs> oh, pissing down my rain. I'm cold. I'm wet. I'm knackered. I've been on this race for five days now. You know, this is this is me talking to a guy who knows all about pain and suffering and rode some of the biggest professional races in the world and carried the yellow jersey, one of the first Brits to ever wear the yellow jersey for a few days. Uh, and there's me moaning to him that uh, it's bloody hard, this cycling game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, was, I stopped off and had a chat with him, and, and um, you know, shared some perceived wisdom. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and, and one of the, one of his top tips that day was stick around for another lap because then all you've got to do is go back to HQ. So I stuck around for another twenty minutes with him, and uh, he said, "And don't jump in at the front of the peloton; it'll be a bit obvious." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God bless him. Yeah, but but Sean Sean would always tell you there's there's always somebody faster. There's yeah. always there's always someone who can climb better, and in my case, there is always uh, several thousand people who can climb a lot better. Yeah, quite probably. So, so for those for those just listening, Alicia has literally just stood up and walked out. Run out, I'd say. Well, yeah, ran out. Was a bottle empty? That's the other possibility. It was quite possibly. Quite possibly. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Oh, there we go. Alicia! Another bottle. Excellent. And here's Alicia. Hello. That bike story makes me think, Mike. This will give you an insight into my fitness level. Um, so we spoke about bikes a lot over over the course of every ramblings. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, you have quite a lot of experience riding bikes. I don't. And um, the most recent time I, I rode a bike was being peer pressured to ride a Boris bike around London. Bear in mind, I grew up in the middle of nowhere. So when I rode my bike around, there was not, no cars, no cars, nothing. Like, just pop along, just fall off, doesn't matter, because you're not mm. in any real danger. Um, and then cut to 10 years later, and I'm there, like, hyperventilating on this Boris bike around London, going uphill. <laughs> with two people that do this all the time because they're London locals. They're like riding, literally riding round in circles around me being like, oh, look, there's the London Eye. Oh, look at that. Meanwhile, I'm like, I cannot look at anything. I'm trying not to get hit by a bus. What a bus beat me, which was terrifying. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I, again, I'm really glad I did it. It was really fun, but mm. it, I took a lot of convincing. So I was like, I, I, I'm a countryside person. Like, I, I, I've never rode a bike in this city before, let alone central London. I can <laughs> relate to that. Yeah, yeah. So Although, I'll, I'll be honest. That was the worst. I was just like, why would you do this to me? I'm going to fall. <laughs> I'm going to die. Yeah. Oh, it's so I, I used to I used to cycle around uh, Central Croydon, uh, which is I, I guess you know on a busy day it's it's not far off what London is now. Um, I, I started cycling down Storrington, driving cycling to, to work. First day I cycled in, I got knocked off by a van. I would definitely do it again, but I was so so scared I, I honestly was like this is how this is how I die I'm, I'm gonna have to call my mom and apologize <laughs> I, I'm sorry I've been so stupid <laughs> Alicia you probably were about this far away from death 
when that bus beeped me, I was like, nope. <laughs> Mike holds finger and thumb up and they're practically touching. <laughs> you probably it's were. Like I could still ride a bike at that point, but everyone was like, oh, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> Good for you. Well done, girl. I'm well done. Well, 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 to you for that. That's yeah, that's I will do too. At all, absolutely. Mm. <laughs> so tell me, Alicia, because you, you've, you've, you've guided us and worked with us and coached us and, and helped us greatly with this thing. And um, I know that we've had a few communications coming into Bittner Ramblings HQ. You've got this plan that we should do a women's series. I do. Um, mm. Across the sort of in podcasting in general, from, from what I've seen, um, there seems to be a bit of um, there's definitely not as many women on podcasts as I think there should be. It's not really a 50-50 split. And um, obviously within your industry, I know it you t- generally tend to have more female vets and vet nurses than, than male. Yep. Um, so why not, you know, give a voice to all these women that are doing such a cracking job working in, you know, such a heavy industry. Um, and yeah, just for podcasting in general, just, you know, let women's voices be heard a bit more because that is something within that market that risk of sounding a bit um, business-minded about it. But, you know, there's a gap there. And I think this is the right place with the right audience that would really appreciate that. Why? What should we do that then, Mike? Well, why not? Let's do a series of, of ladies. I've got no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. Good idea. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just think it's important, especially if with it being a more female-dominated industry, um, then, you know, it should definitely be a 50-50 split for that reason alone, because otherwise you're not given a big portion of people that work in that industry a voice. Um, and perhaps there's some issues there or, or things that you guys might not have considered as, as men that, you know, you, you might learn a bit more about. Um and yeah, it's just good for everyone, really. I think just to get a bit more of an equal platform for, for, for people. Um, as, as a gentleman of a certain age, are you, are you talking about male privilege here? Mm, not necessarily. <laughs> Mike, 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 come on, let let the little lady finish what she was saying. For heaven's sake! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, dear. Do do carry on. Come on, the rude man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry, Bre- sorry. Um, so, I, Bre- Brenda, that was a joke, all right? Okay. <laughs> I, I, it's a joke. I can have a joke. It's fine. <laughs> um, so when I was at university, I did do a project called Side Effects, which right. was to do with um, the sort of divide in human medicine when it comes to female health issues, specifically to do with hormone disorders, um, and how they're often underfunded, under-researched, and not really spoke about. For example, as a woman, if you go into A&E with stomach pain, a lot of the times it can get sort of passed off and not really taken seriously until it gets mm. to the peak point. And in the same respect, when people do medical research for women, um, the sort of test groups generally, again, aren't 50-50, not taken into account the difference between, you know, men and women's bodies work very differently. And certain medications, for example, when it comes to chronic heart disease, it works very differently for men and women and has to be treated differently. Um, so I've always sort of had a passion for wanting to explore more of that and get a bit more understanding. And that sort of is what pulled me into filmmaking. So I was like, okay, there's all these issues to do with, for example, side effects of contraceptives and general issues to do with um, like PMS that aren't really spoken about. And people really struggle with that on a day-to-day basis and you know they might be in a work environment where they can't talk about that with their peers if they're in a male-dominated environment um so yeah I think it's important that people do speak about that and are open about any problems that they might be having whether it's you know feeling a little bit mental because you're due on or something like that the more people talk about it the, the better it is for everyone really because then guys aren't embarrassed or sort of mm you know, left in the dark about what's going on um, and women feel more comfortable explaining how they feel and, you know, feel like they will be taken seriously. Um, and, and not and not feel as though they're, they're being demeaned or degraded 
or patronising. Or, or patronising, even worse. This is probably not the right statistic, but something ridiculous, like three times more research into Viagra than there is into the female menstrual cycle. <laughs> no, I think, I think you've, but, you, you've probably got the stats wrong there. I think it's probably ten times more research yeah, it's Viagra and, and male erectile dysfunction than there is into on the on the radio uh, about 30 odd years ago um i, I remember these things i'm sad is this, is this uh, the wireless julian it, it was the wireless back in those wireless, days okay. yeah. yeah uh so here's a scenario um a uh the, the, the father is driving his daughter to uh, to the brownies and uh, they have a car crash. And they're both seriously injured, and they get airlifted to different hospitals. And the the girl needs urgent uh, surgical treatment. And the um, the surgeon goes into the operating theatre. The the, the the girl is uh, is anaesthetised. The surgeon goes into the operating theatre and says, "I can't operate on that girl because that's my daughter." So who's the surgeon? interesting isn't it it's the girl's mother but we're so hardwired into thinking a surgeon it's got to be a man hasn't it now that's 30 years ago wow that was difficult and we've just proven 30 years on not a lot has changed and that's following immediately following the discussion about the female dominance yeah. of even me i wouldn't have now for a very long time, which absolutely, and, and forgive my language, but that's fucked up, isn't it? I'm too embarrassed to carry on. I know, I know. It's um, it's hardwired into our into our system. It, it's an awful situation. Yeah. But, I mean, at least we're having conversations like this, and we're aware of mm. situations. Yeah. And and it's not neither of you are are being consciously sexist. Or not knowing the answer, but society has conditioned us to instantly, subconsciously make assumptions about things. So you're going to see your bank manager. Picture your bank manager. Describe your bank manager to me. Well, I said that. It's a lady. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but- I think. I think. If nothing else, the CPD for today has shown us that. That there is still a divide, there is still a male-female divide in, in a profession that is rapidly becoming female-dominant. There is still a perception of of male dominance within that field, and I, I say that with all, with all humility. And I think um, what it's shown is that we. You mentioned earlier on that the, the VR, the veterinary ramblings, has been on a journey. Yeah. And we have we started off as as young, fresh faced, still bald and old, but young, fresh faced uh, ramblers, and and we 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 are where we are now, which is older, not so fresh faced ramblers. And so we're on a journey, and the profession is as well, and actually everything is, isn't it? It's all it's all a journey, and so I've done a CPD certificate to show that 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 journey. Uh, if I could if I could show you this, here we go. This is 
this is the journey I think we've taken. So it says, um, a certificate to prove you know stuff. Uh, and this certifies that uh, both of our uh, viewers uh, have paid attention attention to our non-didactic teaching style. Back to the important stuff, the CPD stuff. I'm showing you, uh, has profited greatly, uh, uh, blah, 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 whoop-de-doo, I've got there, whoop-de-doo. And what I've got, you see, is the world's largest seagull. Look at this seagull in comparison to the uh, the guy in the dinghy below. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. It's a huge seagull. And that's that's really symbolised the journey that we're on. <laughs> And, and there's there's an ice axe, and that's that's to symbolise us anchoring ourselves within that journey. We we're, we're keeping you safe, guys. We're keeping you safe on your journey. If you, if you follow veterinary ramblings, you're in a nice little secure bubble. What a wonderful CPD certificate! The journey of veterinary journey of ramblings. Hmm? You see, I thought so. Ramblings. Yeah. Who would have ramblings. thought? Yeah, and I wonder. Alicia, if you if you join us in reflecting on that information, of course, happy please, to please join us. For those people listening and not watching, you, you really do need to download this because that's, yeah. that's a very visual one. Yeah, um, we're, we're we're reflecting. Oh, look, you can't get it. You can't. Sorry, I can't describe it on audio. What a journey it's been, though, eh? What a journey! What a journey! And 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 by and large, it's thanks to you, Alicia. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Alicia. Thank you both for keeping me entertained through lockdown. Okay. <laughs> no. What did she see in that first episode? <laughs> Crazy fool. Oh, the mic's still on, sorry. <laughs> no, it's been an absolute blast, and I just hope that, you know, everyone out there enjoys it, has a bit of a giggle. I've got a joke. I've okay. got a joke. Was... We got all out of order, and you're supposed to be the producer here. You better do some editing later. <laughs> then. I'll take my night off. Take <laughs> your night off. <laughs> so I, I, I first thought of a joke uh, that... that, that uh, I subsequently realised we'd go down terribly about a, a blind man in a, in a pub full of blondes. So I'm not going to tell that joke because it's, it's not right. It's just not right at all. So instead, I'm going to stick to the same pub a few weeks later where um, this landlord looks up to see a duck walking in. And he thinks, it's a bit strange, there ain't really, really ducks in here. And even more strange, a duck walks up to the bar and says, so, I'll have a pint of beer and a pack of crisps, please. I said, what? Pint of beer, pancreas, please, any flavour, not fussy. And I says, you're a duck? Yeah, still not fussy about my flavour of crisps, though. Pint of beer, please, pack of crisps. I'm in a hurry, I'm on a lunch break. And I says, hey, I'm sorry, yeah, of course, of course, there, there, there we go. Beer and, and, and crisps. Talking, yeah, nothing, fine. He takes over his table and the landlord thinks, talking duck, that's weird, isn't it? Um, he goes over, he says, I'm sorry, we just, please excuse me, we, we don't get many talking ducks in here. He says, well, there we go, you've got one now. I, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm on a lunch break. Okay, got to go back at two o'clock. a lunch break? What, what do you do? He said, I'm plastered down the road working on the uh, building site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, plaster, it's a skilled job. Okay, just, I'm sorry, I've only got limited time. Pine of beer, Patrick, please leave me alone. Okay, sorry, sorry. The next day, the duck comes in again. Looks at the landlord, squirting, and says, Pint of beer, pack of crisps, please. And I said, You're certainly here. There we go. There we go. Thanks, the duck, and walks off. And, you know, this happens every day for a week or so. The landlord slowly builds up a bit of a, a repertoire with the duck, and um, by the end of the week, he's conversing quite freely with him. And on the Friday, yeah, he comes in, uh, yeah, Pint of beer, pack of crisps, and I says, Certainly. Uh, Take your seat, I'll bring him over to you. Thanks very much. He goes over and he says, um, Are you. Uh, you're still working on that plastering job? He says, yeah, I am. He says, um, you, uh, you do a lot of plastering? Oh, I do a lot of them, yeah, yeah all, over the, all over the country. But, uh, are, you, are you busy? He said, well, never enough business, is there, really? You know, I'm comfortable for the moment, but, you know, not a lot going on. Next few weeks. And so, well, I hope something comes up for you. 
And, and funnily enough, on Saturday, uh, a guy comes in wearing a top hat, long red tailcoat, carrying a whip, clearly a ringmaster from a from a circus. And he comes in and he says, Landlord, a pint of your finest ale and uh, and a meal is not a sausage and mash or something. And landlord says, Yes, certainly, coming right up, take a seat. He goes over and he says, so, so, are, you, are you a circus chap? Are you a ringmaster? Yes, yes, circus just come into town. He said, are you, are you looking for more acts? He said, yeah, always, always looking for more acts. He said, I've got a talking duck comes in every day. He says, a talking duck? I pay good money for a talking duck. Pass him my way, won't you? So Monday comes, the duck comes in again, part of, part of beer, part of crisps. And I said, certainly, um, I'll uh, come over and have a word with you in a minute. He says, yeah, all right, yeah, short time. But, uh, okay. Lennon says, um, how are you fixed next week for a job? He says, uh, not a lot going on, to be honest. He says, uh, well, I might have a job for you, actually. There's a circus in town. The duck says, a circus? He says, yeah, a circus. Yeah, well, let's get this right. Big tent, yeah? Yes. Fuck, I need a plasterer for. <laughs> that, that isn't where I thought it was going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for a change, Julian, I actually like that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Well done. On that note, <laughs> as Alyssa already said, as already said, if you like what we do, just share it, click like, share, and spread it to your friends. And from us tonight, may your dog go with you. May your dog go with you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. <laughs> And cut! <laughs> Alicia, thank you so much. What a great evening. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for have, you, have you enjoyed yourself despite all the stress? Yeah, I still was a bit nervous, but um, no need to be nervous, really. Oh. Fun. Brilliant. You should know us by now. <laughs> 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 You've been editing our outtakes. And <laughs> I was very well prepared, probably the best prepared of all the guests, so I had yeah, that on the side. So. Well, as I think I said, how is it that you've managed to turn this into you interview- interviewing us? <laughs> Training. <laughs> You're very good. You're very, very good. And, yeah. and again, what a fabulous Wednesday evening. Yeah. Always fun. Brilliant. All right. See you soon. Yeah. You crash out. We'll carry on Bye. chatting. Bye. 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 Uh, it was great, wasn't it? Wasn't that fabulous? Really good. <laughs>